0: broadcasting from the campus of lynn benton community college we are the mid valley stem cte hub i'm your host casey and this this is closing the gap Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Closing the Gap. Today, we have physicist Amber Barber on the show with us. Welcome, Amber. Would you please tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Absolutely.
1: So I'm Amber Barber. I'm 46-year-old. I use she, her pronouns. Um, I have a, a bachelor's and a master's degree in physics. I work from home out of uh, Lebanon, Oregon. I'm the mother of four adult children and two very spoiled cats.
0: That's awesome. Um, So what is what is your job? What's your job title? Where do you work? What do you do?
1: Yeah, so right now I work as the Senior Director of Program Management for a company called Jade. We do uh, software consulting. We help different companies to get new software packages, to deploy them. Um, Sometimes we help people to manage their existing software packages, especially smaller companies that don't want to have their own IT groups. So we help them with that. Um, My role, I I think the best way to describe it is an analogy I come up with for my parents, because the title doesn't mean anything. Um, So if if you think about uh, a home builder, and they have all their little developments that they're building across the state, and each of those neighborhoods has somebody in charge of it that does the general construction. They set up the electricians, they bring in the people to actually frame the house, concrete, all of that. Those people would be what we call project managers. So they they coordinate all of the experts in doing the work. My role as program manager is to coordinate all of those people across the, the state or the country to make sure that they're doing it consistently, right? We want it to all kind of have the same look and feel just like you'd see with most home buyers we want it to be high quality we want it done on time and so i work with all those individual project managers to make sure everything is going okay or
0: to help solve problems if need be cool so as i understand it you have a degree in physics or maybe a couple of degrees yes. in, in physics how did that education prepare you for this type of work
1: Well, it it got me launched into the right direction. So I started out in a very technical kind of way. I was working in a lab. I was doing um, analysis of the materials in a semiconductor company. And um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you see it, I was very good at going to meetings, helping solve problems, presenting our results. And so as i've i've grown into my career i've gotten more and more away from doing the work and and doing the, the actual physical analysis and more and more into sitting in the meetings and coordinating it and having others do the work for me but it it's still even now it's still a key that i learned then which is using the scientific method right asking questions asking the right questions digging into understanding things and you know, when, when you're a, a physics student and a woman, you're kind of alone, right? I was the only woman who was in for my bachelor's degree. I was one of three for my master's. Um, so when you get into high tech industries, you're already okay with working with nothing but men. You're used to it. You kind of know how to, to live in that environment. Now, I'd love to change that environment. Don't get me wrong on that.
0: Um, but it, it did have that preparation as well. Even if unintended, I mean, it seems it seems like you've had like a lot of different um, things going on in your career. Could you talk about maybe some of the uh, the different stops along the pathway of your career?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, like I mentioned, I started in a lab. Um, I was doing physical failure analysis, so we would actually go and and look for things like um, contaminants within our materials. So it was very very technical. Um, and then as I, I moved along and I started getting into more of a leadership position there. So I started doing more work with the technicians doing it, and I was helping to coordinate and interpret. I then moved um, completely. I was started my career in Texas actually, uh, moved to Oregon, started a new role that was in um, what's known as reliability engineering. So making sure that when we sell chips to Samsung, it won't, oh say, ignite your battery on fire (laughs) like you know might have happened before um so so that was a lot of that work and it started they hired me because I had that background they needed somebody that could still do some of that that lab experience but they realized I was actually very good at at that reliability piece so I slowly let that lab stuff go um, while I was doing that reliability, um, it was a small company, Lattice Semi in Hillsboro, And um, I found that I, I needed to help some with some of the other functions like quality engineering. So I started learning that. Eventually, I was pulled entirely into quality and out of reliability. So some of it has been um, me being willing to say, yes, I can go help the quality department. Some of it has been this is interesting and it, it uses some of my existing skill sets and, and some is new, so I want to learn. That's That was the reliability piece. Um, jumping out of, of Lattice and moving on, it was, again, I was learning things. I, I earned um, both a green belt and a black belt in Lean Six Sigma and use those to jump to a role at Microsoft for a while and then to another company uh, based in Tualatin called LAM Research where I was a full-time master black belt by the time I left and then um, a lot of the work that we do is project-based in that case both from the, li- the reliability days all the way up through when I left LAM so I had this wealth of project experience a lot of knowledge on ways to make it better, as well as a skill set around solving problems, which is what a lot of that was as well. And that's what made it a, a good fit for this new role. So it really was, this is what I know I can do. I like doing, but what else can I do? And, and start reaching out for opportunities, looking where I could fit that might be just new and different, or at least new and different people, new and different industry. So it's it's been a lot of change. <laughs> it's a little hard to plot. <laughs>
0: So you you had mentioned a minute ago about um, Lean Six Sigma. Is that what it was? Yes. I've never heard of that before. What is that? Could you explain it a little bit?
1: Absolutely. So it's a method of what we like to call continuous improvement. And really at its core, it is just the scientific method fancied up. So there's a lot of different ways, in, uh, particularly in high tech, to keep driving for better quality, for lower costs, uh, make things happen faster. And that's one of the methodologies. It's very common, particularly in the semiconductor world. So when you see Lean Six Sigma, it really means this is somebody who's gotten extra practice and they know how to lead projects in order to make improvements around whatever it might be, cost, time, quality. Um, so it's it's a really good system. Um, some people can apply it like it's the only answer to everything. It's It's not. There's other ways to do it, and it may not, you know, Lean Six Sigma isn't the right thing for everything, Um, but it's a really good base methodology, and we see it starting to be offered a lot in colleges, in engineering programs, and that's actually a very good skill set for people to walk out with because it's, again, really reinforcing asking questions and digging for causes so that when you do make decisions, they're the best decision you can make.
0: Right on. Cool. It sounds like you've had a lot of accomplishments so far um, in a diverse skill set. Could you maybe talk about something that you're most proud of in your career?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot there? that I've been, yeah. <laughs> For me, really, it's about either solving problems, sticky things that are a, a real issue, or helping others. Those are my two main things that really make me feel proud at the end of the day. So I've got a little bit for both. One of them that I solved as a problem, I was helping our research group. They were trying to understand why a certain kind of package wasn't working. I don't want to get too complicated into that. um, But it was when I was still doing a lot of testing, a lot of hands-on work, and I found that there was a certain factor that they needed to include. And by solving that, giving them that number, they then started calling that the amber capacitance throughout the company. So every time that these kinds of projects would come up, they would, you know, uh, did you factor in the amber capacitance? And that just a delight, I have to be honest. Um, so that that's one thing that that still makes me smile, clearly. Um oh, the other great. is, you know, I do a ton of mentorship. I, I mentor other people. I help set up mentoring programs. Um, and back in 2019, I actually got an award for it. And so that was just a, a great feeling of being recognized for the work I do. I had the opportunity as part of that to be on a panel talking about mentorship and the importance and that kind of thing. So that, that was an amazing moment from that perspective of really someone has seen what I'm doing and they, the work they did uh, actually helped supplement it.
0: How did you become interested in STEM topics? Well, you know, I started out
1: um, fairly typical as a girl. You know, growing up, I I wanted to be a ballerina. And then I wanted to be a vet because I loved animals. Um, It was really in high school when I had my first physics teacher. Uh, His name was uh, Robert Kammerer. And he was just an amazing guy. And he made physics fun. He always used snoopy in his different uh examples so here's snoopy riding his sled let's figure out what the coefficient of friction is and and i realized that you know science really could be fun it wasn't just cutting open lamb eyeballs in biology or, or whatever, which may or may not be disgusting. um. But it it really, it made sense for me explaining the world around you, particularly when you made it fun with, you know, watch the Snoopy dog as he tries to not run into the street. So um, I did really well in that class. And he then supported me to take the next level. We had two years of physics and I actually took both. Um, most people did not. I think we had a class of five people. Um, but, you know, really, he he wrote me recommendations for college. He just knew that I could go out there and do something with science. And what I wound up doing was getting the degree in physics because I just enjoyed it so much, and I enjoyed continuing to work at that
0: level of of knowledge. Did you always want to like pursue a career in STEM? Was there like something that was like, maybe, predating that desire to kind of go into this sort of field
1: no i i really didn't i i always wanted to be something i didn't know what and and it changed a lot i actually when i started my bachelor's degree um, i started as a science teacher so i thought that i would go and i would teach um, probably physics maybe geology at the high school level but as i got into it more and more and of course. Really thought through who I am. I realized I really didn't want to sit in a classroom and every year teach the same topics to the same group of t- mostly disinterested students. Um, t- to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> sure. so I, it, that's just not a, a good fit for me personally. Um, I wanted to be doing things that that were changing over time and learning more. So, um, so that's when I actually changed my major to physics. It was when I got into the the end of that i did a science fellowship um that was with arizona state where i got to go and actually work with some equipment do some different testing with some um of the the professors there on some very very interesting work i'm sure by now it's all outdated um but it was down to like atomic level materials and that was fascinating in a way that I hadn't hit yet. And I wanted to stay with that. So that's what prompted me then to move on to grad school. And um, when I, you know, I, I earned the master's because it was one of those, if you're going to do science, you kind of want more than just a bachelor's degree. I didn't want a PhD because I didn't particularly want to teach in university, right, for similar reasons to not wanting to teach um, in a high school, I I did teach some during my master's degree, and most of the students there didn't want to be there either. So uh, physics for the you know the jocks and the poets they were like I just got to get this on my transcript. So anyway that um, I I did that in order to be able to go out and have a lot of opportunities and I did. One of the greatest things was realizing just how many kinds of positions I could go to with that science degree. It it didn't have to say physicist, um, almost anything that is kind of engineering like also needs somebody with that education. It's very similar. So it it opened up a world of things that were interesting, different, opportunities to learn and grow, um, that that I've really been pleased that I did that. But it it was kind of stumbling into it a bit.
0: So a little while back, you had mentioned that um, you're doing some mentorship with girls in STEM. But why is it important that we reach girls at an early age and get them interested in pursuing topics like this?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this for a couple of reasons. Um, one is that when I was earning my bachelor's degree, I was working for one of the, p- the physics professors. I was doing work in his lab and it was doing um, optoelectronics. And I was sitting down, I was talking through some of the results and what do we want to try next? Just one-on-one with him. And we do transition to just shooting the breeze, right? Like you do. And at some point he said, you know, hey, did you see that most recent article that has proof that women can't do math and science? And so I'm staring at this man that I have just given data to so that he can write a, a paper on going, what? <laughs> like, do you not see me as female? What is this? I don't know. So, so that to me was just, it was such an eye-opening moment that even when somebody is actively doing it and, and successfully, um, I, I graduated sigma cum laude with my bachelor's degree. So, so not squeaking by, um, but even when someone's doing it successfully, there can be this belief that you can't. So, I really want to to try and eliminate that. And you don't have to be, you know, a genius physicist. You don't have to be an engineer. Um, you don't have to feel like you have to be a Sheldon um, from big Bang to to be successful. and And girls absolutely have the skill set and the knowledge and the ability to do this. Ever since then, as I've particularly as I've moved up in my career, as I've had more time, more options, um, I really have tried to get that message across. And and honestly, I started kind of small. Um, I just started volunteering for the science fairs in the town where I was going to college, and it was a chance to talk to all those kids. And and I obviously talked to all of them, not just the girls, about what it was like to actually be learning science. And then, as I graduated and did my you got into my career same kind of thing and and it's amazing how much that gets people interested and perked up talking to a real scientist
0: (laughs) i feel like scientists when you're a kid just seems like this huge exciting thing you know it's like talking to like a celebrity or something because it's such a huge concept
1: yes yes unfortunately i've never had a white coat but in some of my jobs we had um, what they call esd gowns or electrostatic discharge gowns so that you don't shock yourself or your parts and so i've had a blue coat and i've had a red coat and occasionally i would take them because they still look there's lab coats right they got the pockets the lapels um and and those kids love that
0: here you want to try on my lab coat oh that's so exciting that's really awesome um can, can we discuss for a little bit uh why it's important for girls and gender minorities to sign up for STEM classes while they're in school.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it really does start at the high school level. And it's not that, you know, you have to be a chemist. So take all the chemistry or you have to be a biology major. It really is about getting the basic knowledge of how the world works you know our our teachers are amazing people and i know lots of teachers but they don't know what kind of careers and and things you can do outside in the world and i'll be honest there's plenty of jobs that don't exist right now that will in 5 years right things the way things keep changing the way technology keeps changing the world the only way that you can really keep up with that and and position yourself to to take advantage is by having that basic knowledge, understanding the basics of physics, understanding chemistry in general, um, having a good core of math, right? Um, Those are all really, really solid foundations. And if you get into college and you decide you want to be a chemist, that's great. And we need more chemists. If you get into college and you want to do computer science, you know what, it still helps to have all of those other science pieces, because you never know how that that coding or computer science is going to be used. There's a ton of it in like medicine, right? Medical devices and, and everything else. So you might still use some of that. You just never know. Um, and and the best way to get people to be interested in it and to start feeling comfortable doing it is to get them to do it and to get them exposure to people who have done it, have been successful, enjoy it and and have people come there who are passionate, right? You, you If you have somebody walk and be like, you should go and take chemistry. It's good for you. Then you're like, eh, no, I think I get better things to do. But if you can have someone walk in and say, I work for a major perfume company and I am a chemist and it is the best job ever, I guarantee you, like half the class can be like, ooh, that could be fun. I want to learn more. So we've we've got to get that that exposure. We've got to get them that. That skill set base to really be successful, and of course, we've got
0: to get them interested in thinking about what else could they do. For sure, I think also um, exposure to people that look like them doing it is important.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and we we have a bit of disadvantages here in Oregon because of our population um, being primarily white, so it it can be challenging. But I think there's enough women who are um, of color that, um, you know, they may be Asian, they may be um, actually black. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm screwing this up somehow. But there, there are enough people that we need to get them engaged. Because you're right. It's not just enough to see a white woman saying, I can do this, and you can too. Um, uh, there, are, there are things that I have as a privilege that um, may or may not seem like it's a, a barrier for someone else who's not white or cisgender. So, you know, I, I really, I, I'm aware of that. Unfortunately, I am a white woman. <laughs> so I do the best I can. Um, but I, I do try to also engage other women and, and other genders where I have um, any kind of friends or uh, contacts, because you're right, it, it helps to have as many people who might look like you as you can get.
0: So I've been wondering about maybe some of the challenges you faced in your career so far, and if you could maybe share um, some strategies you use to overcome challenges that you face in the workplace.
1: Yeah, I I think the biggest thing that I faced is this. I guess it's a perception in tech that um, you can't possibly be good enough, right? You got to prove that you're good enough. So so even though I can walk into a room right now. With the degrees I have, with all of the experience that I have, <clears throat> the different certifications, um, I will still have people believe I'm not technical enough to understand something. And I'm I'm not saying that as like, oh well, it might happen. I mean, literally two years ago, I went to do an improvement project <clears throat> on a manufacturing line, and it was um, it was a group of of mostly men. And they absolutely felt that they needed to explain to me how things worked because I wasn't technical. And so they weren't really sure I could help. And in fact, I understood the base physics behind how that equipment worked better than they did. But they they had to do that. So it's really been challenging to to face that when you walk in, to, that I have to prove myself again. Um, it's very frustrating. It can make you kind of want to give up or say, You know i'm just not going to work with these people um and and that's certainly one thing right if i've said this to um, some colleagues if you're in a company where every time you do that every time you walk into a new room or with a different group of people and you have to face that and your management doesn't try to help after you say hey this is happening you need to leave that company because it's a company culture But that's, that's rare. Generally what it means is you need to make sure that um, your manager understands who you are. They should, they hired you. Um, You need to get exposure and FaceTime to the people that matter in the area around you. And you're going to have to prove yourself once. So, you know, walk in, find something that's a big, quick win, something kind of flashy, even though it may not be necessarily difficult. And really set yourself up from the get-go as, oh wow, look at what she did. She's awesome. We want her. And and that that has been the most successful route that I've had is is really, okay, tell me what's the thing that's bugging you right now, usually more than one, and I'll pick one of those and go do something about it. And then they're like, Yes, she know what she's doing. And now, now we trust her. So And then when you have those kind of situations where, okay, now I've gone to maybe a different country or a different group, um, same company, then I have a lot of times already talked to their management or they've seen me with that big flashy thing. And so you can simply say, I need you to introduce me there and and make sure that they understand my background and what's going on so that I don't have to walk in and be like, all right, let me give you my CV.
0: (laughs) And all the details of everything I've ever done. I mean, I feel like tackling an obstacle is one thing, but how do we even get more girls and gender minorities um, into realizing that there are these career paths out there for them? Um, yeah, what do you think it's... that we could do to spread the word more?
1: I think what we need to do is we need to take the, the girls who code model and we need to blow it up. Not in a make it go away kind of sense, but copy it and expand it. Um, coding is a, a major skill set, obviously, and we ne- always need more people who can. But there's so many more roles for people who have a science background. There's so many more roles in STEM and high tech companies that don't necessarily require to have that chemistry or biology or or computer science degree. And I think what we really need to do is we need to focus on those bits, right? So, you know, the 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 perfume and beauty industry employs a lot of people from science. Um, tech has a lot of people, you know, we need people in human resources, we need marketing, we need sales. There's a ton of different roles, a ton of different ways to engage. And you can't possibly cover them all, but I think what we need to do is get a bit more diverse right? If you're a creative person, we need you, right? Apple needs somebody to help design the next product and make it look shiny and sleek and and whatever it is. And that's a great skill set that a lot of people have in terms of being able to draw and be creative and thinking about it. And it's absolutely needed in high tech. So those are the kinds of things that I see we need to be expanding programs on. Um, And it's certainly what I like to talk about, You know When when I participate in some of these programs, and I used to do a lot at some of my former companies, there's plenty of women there who are engineers, so they can talk about engineering and they can talk about coding. I want to talk to you about the stuff you don't even know exists, and they're all critical roles here in the company. So that's that's where I'd like to go. And my husband tells me what I need to do is I need to start talking about that myself and getting out and doing it, but maybe not right away.
0: I think you made a good point about um, how there are other kinds of jobs than just coding or um, working directly with like maybe the science aspect of things um, because like design and marketing and things like that are all really crucial to um, STEM based companies and um, are also you have to understand some things, you know, about what product that you're selling or you're designing for, but you know, it's just a whole different skill set that is super valuable that, like, maybe not translate from one person to the next. So I think it's good for people yeah. to be like, oh, yeah, I can still work at this really cool company. I can still, like, work at, like, Microsoft or Apple and, and not necessarily have to know how to code.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the amount of people that work in some of those major companies, you know, Facebook, Microsoft, any of those that are not. You know, or wouldn't consider themselves real technical when they started is high, but they're doing great things. And, and when you think about all the different programs, yeah, okay, it's great. We've got coders to do this work. Somebody had to go say, okay, we're going to use this color for this background. We're going to use this for this character, right? Those are all artistic decisions. And so that's, you know, I, I know a lot of girls really like to express their artistic side. Um, and that's why I tend to really, mention that a lot because you don't have to just sit and type on the computer all day and or go to the robotics competitions with all the boys and program a robot to smash things Um, you know if if that's not what you're interested in don't do it but know that there are definitely things that do appeal and
0: do need some of your other skill sets definitely skill sets worth developing for sure so do you have any advice for Young women and gender minorities who are looking to follow a similar career path to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's there's two things that I think are key. The first thing is to stay open to opportunities. You know, if if you see something that you think might be interesting, try. Take a risk. The second thing goes right into there that take a risk because failure is not going to kill you. When it comes to your career, now it may feel like the end of the world, but failure won't kill you. It really teaches you what you don't want to be, what you don't want to do so that you can then go in a different direction. So failure is as good as success, right? Success says do more of it. Failure says knock that off and
0: go somewhere else. So don't, don't be afraid of it. I love that. I think that's a great note for us to end this on. And I really appreciate you Excellent. coming uh, to the show today and, and talking about everything that you've done in your career and imparting some wisdom upon us. Thank you, Casey. It's been my pleasure to be here and talk about this. I, I really I feel very passionately
1: about these different topics and I want to see more and more girls not just going into uh, the educational aspect, but joining us in the high-tech field and joining us in scientific roles and, and succeeding, moving forward and, and growing into whoever they want to be.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of Closing the Gap. If you like this show, subscribe on Spotify. You can also find us on Instagram at MVSTEMCTE, on Twitter at MidValleySTEM, and online at midvalleystem.org. Until next time, keep progressing.